0: Welcome to another edition of Malkir Talks, a Wheel of Time Theory podcast. I am your host, Rob, and unfortunately today it is just me. So, uh, yeah, I've had a couple weeks where we've had some guests on, but uh, this week is just me. I did hope to record slightly earlier in the week um, than I typically would do, Um Sorry, I cancelled that. And then I typically have this week. I plan to record a Monday night, and today is Thursday. But I had a bit of a run-in Monday night. Uh, for those of you not familiar, I uh, was uh, was privy to a, a live stream. So Barney Harris, our one and only Matt, decided that he would do some live streaming, as he is one to do with his uh, social media addiction that we are noticing and loving. And uh, I'd missed his first one, I didn't receive the notifications, but I changed that once people had told me that he was live streaming. And on his second live stream on Monday night, he uh, just started up, I joined, he said, who wants to talk? I was like, I'm happy to talk, assuming that he meant like, you know, people would send in messages and, and he would reply on the live stream. And lo and behold, moments later, boff, he's actually added me to the live stream and we're having a live conversation. Yes, the fan girling was slightly maxed. I'm um, not ashamed to say that. I was very excited. Uh, it was very unexpected. I was definitely caught off guard. i was completely shocked uh, to have that happen, but uh, it was very entertaining nonetheless. So, uh, well, what did we talk about? You might ask me. Well, uh, he asked me where I was. He thought I was Australian. I have kind of a twang to the accent. Um, I used to live in New Zealand for a while, um, but I'm actually from the UK. Uh, probably not somewhere too dissimilar from Barney himself, because he sounds exactly like my brothers, who have never left um, my home place. Really, um, I mean, they've lived abroad, but uh, you know, they've, when they came back to the UK, they moved straight back home to Essex. So, I feel like his uh, his accent being the same means he's not too far away from them in terms of his home base, either but we talked about that and then he asked me what Malkia Talks is and I said oh it's it's my channel name um, you know he's like, oh, so it's from the books I was like yeah it's from the books I said I do a, a, you know the podcast as you are listening to right now and I said about my cooking show on YouTube he's like oh no seriously I said yeah we make things like honey cakes and uh, he said he'd have to check it out but uh, <laughs> who knows if he will check it out but uh, that was a glorious moment anyway and uh, then we talked about how long I've been reading Wheel of Time And who my favourite character was And I, uh, I hope I didn't offend him when I said I actually most identify with Perrin um, So he was like, I'll tell Marcus um, So Marcus and, and Barney if you're listening, I hope that was a fun conversation uh, I love Matt too, I really do love Matt I can't stress that enough, I think Matt's hilarious And, and the way he behaves throughout the series is just brilliant But uh, I most identify with Perrin on a personal level That's just me Uh, After that, uh, I was going to start asking him other things, Uh, you know, obviously trying not to get too show detailed because I'm sure there's many things he can't tell us. Uh, But unfortunately, Barney then felt slightly awkward. I mean, it was strange. Uh, We'd never met, never sort of organized the live stream or anything like that, not chatted online. Um, You know, I I talked to some of you guys online and, that you know, I feel like if we live stream, that would be very much like, oh, okay, how's it going? But, um, you know, never even like chat online to barney so that was yeah i can understand he said he felt a little awkward and uh, the live stream ended but it was brilliant and it was so much fun and i hope it happens again barney if you're listening i had a great time you didn't come across awkward we love you please come on the podcast come on my youtube channel i don't know just keep interacting with us we love you as we do all of the stars and um yeah it was just it was just so much fun. I loved it. Uh, but, of course, as soon as I got off the phone, um, my, my phone was just exploding with notifications and messages and follows and likes. And, of course, then I had tweets. You know, I just live streamed with Barney. And, uh, you know, the phone went into sort of random letters and symbols because my, um, I was just like... Rah, rah, rah. And, um, yeah, I, I don't think my phone has exploded that much in quite some time. So uh, that kind of put me off on Monday. I was kind of very much just like, well... That's my Monday a bit sort of like, you know sidetracked, uh, a slight bit of whiplash there, but uh, it was fun. And uh, so yeah, I'm doing a double record today. So this is my regularly scheduled theory that I was planning on discussing this week. I don't plan miles ahead, but I do plan a little bit. And this is this was a, a solo week, as I'm going to call them, since I seem to have planned out a few things, uh, where I have guests on a semi-regular basis, which is fun. Um, but obviously I started this as a solo podcast, um, and that that will still happen on occasion. But also um, my guests for next week's episode, we've scheduled that for this evening in terms of my time, um, and it will be the morning or lunchtime for some of you others, depending on where you are around the world. So yeah, I thought uh, I'd better get uh, this week's episode done so I have time to edit it before it gets released tomorrow oh dear i'm also trialing this for the first time so for those of you who aren't aware i have set up a discord server Uh, it's called melke Talks server obviously and um it's a it's a fun little server it's not wildly big at the moment it's you know sort of neat and tidy Uh, i've got spoiler-free sections for first-time readers including null if you're familiar with the um with the podcast or the episode that he was on. And uh, obviously, then sections for content creators because uh, I, I talk to them a lot as well, being one myself that happens. So, uh, yeah, it's a fun little um, server there set up for that. And I wanted to be able to offer live recordings so people could listen to, even when it's just me. Now I do record at random times occasionally as you can see right now but typically they're Monday or Tuesday nights when it's me and probably be the similar sort of case when it's null um, and then when it's guests because typically the guests other than null will be America-based or potentially elsewhere you never know how far this will spread fingers crossed, Um, and it will just be around to suit them, but uh, I will give people as much notice as possible. But I thought I would test out that you could hear me in here while I record on my regular system anyway. So I've spent the first sort of six minutes, seven minutes or so just chatting about how the week's gone. And that's, uh, I say, it's been a, it's a daily week. Thank God I had a week off. I don't feel I could have gone to work on Tuesday with any sort of semblance of paying attention because I would have been like, oh, my God, I talked about it last night. And... Uh, <laughs> And uh, yeah, so uh, it it was a fun start to my week off, I have to say, although I am back to work on Saturday and it's going to be pretty intense next week, so I'm kind of glad I've got a double episode, uh, a double recording going on for my episodes this week instead. Um, But what theory are we discussing today, Rob, you ask? And I was like, I will tell you, why not? So, today we are discussing some Shadow Spawn. Uh, Obviously, I'm sure you're fairly familiar with Shadowspawn. If you're not, that's probably because you haven't read the series. In which case, why are you here? Because this is probably a spoiler episode. They typically are full of spoilers. That is your warning. I am discussing Shadowspawn today, but in specifics, I will be discussing Merdral and their origins. So if you do not want to be spoiled for Merdral and uh, potential... I would say I might reference things that happened throughout the entire series, with the exception of the new spring novel, the prequel, because I'm pretty sure we don't see any Merdral there, so I'm unlikely to mention anything there. But yes, today I'm talking about the origins of Merdral. So I'm going to talk a little bit first about their, just their sort of like standard, standard information that you have there so you know what is happening uh, in terms of like what we're ta- what discussing. If you're only vaguely familiar, you paid minimal attention in the books. Um, or you've only read it once, and you're like, do you know what, I haven't picked up on all the detail yet. Which is obviously very popular. Uh, very popular? Very possible. Uh, so Merdrill, uh, spelled M-Y-R-D-D-R-A-A-L. Um, they're so, so they are obviously Shadow Spawn. Uh, in terms of description, uh, what they look like in, in, in terms of physicality, they're quite muscular, they're very serpent quick, they've got lank black hair and sort of waxy white skin, almost sort of ampericious, you know, if you if you really want to get down that line. They have no eyes, which is obviously very creepy just to think about, no eyes full stop, oh my god, um, but they can see with absolute perfect clarity, like an eagle at noon type thing. Uh, they're pretty much clones. They never vary in um, appearance or they always look like they're male. Um, there never seems to be any female going on and they're described as being quite tall. Um, so they yeah, that's kind of how they look, their physicality. Um, they are sort of the natural battle leaders for the shadow. Um, and when the Forsaken were bound they were, generally speaking, uh, the battle lords that were commanding everything that was happening, so during the Trolloc Wars and things of that nature. Where do Murdril come from? Well, Murdril are Trolloc offspring, um, so Agnor invented Trollocs, designed Trollocs genetically mutated animals, whatever line of description you want to go down, and uh, on the odd occasion uh, with taking this animal stock and human stock and merging it together, you got uh, sort of throwbacks um, from the um, from the human origins there, and you would get uh, murderer. So... Uh, they don't really have any names that we know of, apart from one, Shadow Haran, Hand of the Dark, who's mentioned much later in the books, um, but the names where they are known, that they aren't really spoken about, they're always in the Trolloc tongue. So, um, yeah, so aside from Shadah we don't really get many names, and we just tend to call them, you know, murderous. Merrow tend to have many names throughout the lands, um, even where they're considered to be figments of people's imaginations and, and no longer there. And their names and these are not this is not an exhaustive list, there there are many others I'm sure. Half Men, the Eyeless, Shadow Men. In Tyr they're known as Lurks, Ilian they're known as fetches, and or they're known as Fades. The Aiel call them Night Runners, and the Wolves call them Neverborn. So, um, really, really good collection of names there. I mean, I use Merdral, typically speaking, but out of those other lists, the ones I really like uh, that I would use is Fades, um, and I, I, really, I enjoy the, the, the imagery that comes to mind when you when you think of Night Runners, um, but particularly Never Born. I mean, that that really the creep level there is is quite, um, it's quite high for me. Uh, as I've said previously, most nations and most people who uh, aren't in the borderlands tend to think of them as um, just kind of figments of people's imaginations and, um, you know, just sort of the boogeymen there to scare people, so to speak. Um, but, you know, it, you find out, if you if you don't believe, you find out that, um, yeah, that's not the case. They're very much real, so <laughs> um, it's it's a pretty scary time to uh to find out that that's real um um but you know some people just haven't had to deal with them for many many generations so this is what it is other defining features of a murderer uh so in terms of what they wear they always wear the same thing so they have black armor subscribed with overlapping scales And black cloaks that do not stir in the wind. Now, that one really intrigues me because, you know, they're serpent-like and they're very quick and agile and sort of whipping the way around battlefields or, or whatever situation they're in. But the cloak doesn't move. Now, a little side note here, thinking about the TV show and how you demonstrate that, there are obviously... When you hear this description, there's obviously connotations towards, you know, you think of the ring race from Lord of the Rings. There's there's obviously, um, you know, things there that just instantly you, you, you see the, 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 the way they match and the things that, um, you know, they just speak to you and say, well, you know, that obviously reminds me of the ring race from Lord of the Rings. And for those of you not familiar entirely with that, you might think of... Um, the creatures from Harry Potter that will suck your soul away, otherwise known as Dementors. Um, now both of those creatures obviously black cloaks of some description, um, one rides horses and, and winged creatures and, and one f- flies and floats around because they're deaf basically, well they're not deaf but you know they're like deaf's little cousins I suppose you might say. Um, so, but they both have a black cloak. Their cloaks move around as they move, but a murderer's cloak does not move. Now, how do you generate that for TV without it just looking really cheesy, like the the CGI has just been, uh, let's not bother moving those around. Let's just keep those really still. I mean, uh, the? I presume there will be physical elements to the actors. You can't have everyone fighting imaginary creatures and make the fight scenes look really epic. So I imagine that there will be stuntmen dressed up as a merdral on the sets um you know fighting with people so but i don't think they'll have a cloak because that cloak will naturally swirl around as they move and fight so they'll probably be fighting without cloaks but if that's the case then well eh, you know you've got to cgi that in and how good is that really going to look is it going to look very strange perhaps they don't do cloaks that don't move we're also trying to work out what Brandon was unhappy with that Rafe was doing I say unhappy with in you know not in a in a bad way of like oh my god you bleep for for doing that type of thing more of a case of yeah that's not really right and Rafe's like, well, you know I think this is the the way forward with this adaptation of of the book this turning of the wheel so you know we're gonna go with it that's very possible I mean perhaps Brandon is particularly um taken or has a has a soft spot for the murderer. I mean, would, would anyone have a soft Aguinal would have a soft spot for the Merger, I feel. That's probably about it. Everyone else is kinda like, yeah, it go if you're a, if you're one of the chosen or dark friends, you'd be like, right, well you either do what I tell you or I do what you tell me, depending on your level of um your your rank in, in the Dark One's chain of command. And yeah, they scare everybody, so yeah, Yeah. I think Agna would be of you know, a soft spot there. But anyway, back to the uh, the cloak thing. It could be quite an interesting thing to, um, to try and demonstrate on the screen. I uh, don't see how that could work too well. Uh, so they have various abilities with this. Uh, they're able to move between or completely disappear into shadows, and mirrors will only reflect a misty image of them. Um, which is obviously quite a creepy concept uh, and it even made the Forsaken or the Chosen, depending on how you choose to call them, um, quite sort of uneasy around them and, and, and maybe even a little scared could be an appropriate way to describe it. Uh, Agador has always described this, um, this ability of the Forsaken um, he sort of theorized that they were slightly—I'm quoting here—slightly out of phase with time and reality, um, and that's how they're able to do some of the things they do, such as move between the shadows. Uh, but he was unable to prove this thesis, despite you know very, very extensive training. Um, I believe it's quoted somewhere that he killed a hundred fades or a thousand fades or some some ridiculous number trying to figure out how they did this. Um, the fades themselves, you don't even know themselves. So it's it's very much a case of like, well, I, I just I just do it, mate. You know, it's like I don't know how. Um, can you imagine if the fade spoke like that? Oh my god, yeah, mate, I was going, yeah, no, I was just, you know, I was murdering this village, right? You know, and Agnor comes up and he says, "How'd you disappear in no shadows break?" You know, and I was like, "I don't know, mate. I don't know. I just do it. It's handy, all right. Like I just get around real quick, chop off a few, you know, civilians' heads." The ones that are going to cause me any problems, when I wrap up the other victims and I take them back to the blight, you know. And I don't know how I do it. I can't do it with them, so it's a long fucking journey getting back, mate. But getting there makes it real quick, you know. And then I don't have to get up so early in the morning to go raid a village. I will get extra half hour in bed. I don't have to do that journey. So you know what? what, You need to test it. All right. right. Well, you know, I don't want to go to anything like. You know, let's not do anything too crazy, mate. You know, like, I don't, I don't, I don't but don't, I, I, I might be sadistic, but I don't like pain. And, uh, you, you what, just lie down here, okay? Yeah, what, what are you doing? Those nails, what, what are you doing? My hands, no, 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 sorry, uh, side note there, <laughs> I got very carried away with that, I really enjoyed that. I'm used to crap with accents as well, so that was good fun uh right so a bit more about them uh it's going in you know sort of internals now i suppose you might say uh, the blood is very acidic and can etch steel uh, if you don't clean it off, and their fingernails are hard enough to scratch wood, now that was a new one to me when I was studying up for this, I was like, wow, that's, there's some pretty strong fingernails there, uh, fades are often much stronger than human beings, and can lift them up quite easily, usually with one hand, and they're pretty much only scared of of, of you know, a few items, running water gives them pause, shadow logath um, obviously terrifies the, the shit out of them, slayer, Uh, palanthane and then quite obviously the dark one himself itself whatever is the appropriate pronoun there um those are the only things that really scared them notice the chosen are not on that list you know channelers are not on that list Mm, very impressive so they've got some balls going on there even though they are sterile um so as we said they're they're very quick around the the battlegrounds and that uh, and they're quite sort of cunning and they are the the general sort of tacticians and uh leaders of the the armies uh, the sort of the hordes of Trollocs, uh particularly when the forsaken are not around and bound in shale Ghoul. but uh, even then you know the that they are pretty much running the show the the, the forsaken just turn around and be like right, right go take this hill one or two of them get a bit more involved in detail because that's how they work but on the whole, you know, they're just like, right, you, you go do this and figure it out. You you know, you're the generals or you're the, the captains, the lieutenants, all those sorts of things. Uh, you've got all your soldiers in your army, your beast, um, your trollexes, a few other bits and cre- uh, of a few creatures and, uh, you know, go do your thing. Uh, some of their physical sense, uh, so some of their physicality has their way there, but they've got some other senses as well. So they can, in a way, sense channeling, uh, which is demonstrated when, um, you know, they, they itch. You see them talking to some people at the beginning when they've captured uh, Nynaeve and Gawain and Elaine. And uh, he's like, are you sure they're knocked out? I itch human. Um, so that's obviously quite handy for them trying to find channelers. We've talked about the Shadows, uh, and obviously these skills can allow them to be pretty good uh, assassins, but that's usually not their purpose. Uh, the, I mean, the Shadow has Dracar, Grey Man, Golem, all sorts of things like that, um, that will... Uh, they'll use us as um, assassins as opposed to murder so you know usually they are just leading the armies and things of that nature sometimes small one-on-one jobs it depends on the the situation uh, when they are in the armies, they will typically be seen leading fists of Trollocs, uh, who they sometimes link with. So they make a, a mental link, not a physical link, with a fist of Trollocs, um, and it gives them a, a huge degree of control over the Trollocs. So they will particularly do this when the Trollocs are, are you know, unwilling to do things, um, because they're just more obedient, uh, they're, more, they're more pliable to the will of the merdral. Um, but it does, you know, th- there is a price to pay for that, as there is with pretty much everything in life. And that is, if you kill the Merdral, any Trollocs linked to it will die instantly, even though the Merdral doesn't die instantly itself, um, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, Murdrals typically use a sword, um, and they're not quite as skilled as the blade master, but they are pretty good. I mean, obviously their speed and strength will give them a certain edge over the average soldier. And those swords, um, in particular, are, are nasty pieces of work themselves. So, the maids at Thakandar, which is uh, a place on the slopes of Shaogul. Um they have similar properties to, to power rock blades, but they're they're not quite as strong. You know, they don't you know, they will wear out eventually and break, unlike power rock blades, which, with the one exception, we see in the books, will, will last forever and never need sharpening. But they um, so they're made by the um, uh, say stonemasons, these the creatures I forget their actual name that are made, you know, out of stone and live at Thakandar. Their their job is to make the swords for the Merdral. Um, they quench them in the Black River that runs through Thakandar, which will give their edges, you know, the corrupting effect, the uh, I suppose taint you might say, um, that they inflict on people when they just slice through them. Um, you know, even a slight scratch from the Merdral blades, as you see with Tam. Um, you know, when sometimes that even goes with trollic blades. Um, but if you get whipped by a merger blade, it's pretty lethal pretty quickly. Um, unless you go nice and that round, obviously to heal you, that will make things different. The actual forging the blades is only finished when the um, blade itself is quenched inside a single living human being so most of the raids in the borderlands um you know as a as my voice was saying <laughs> yeah when well, it's like oh you know i just picked up some people to take back to the blight they're sort of just lined up at the forges of thakandar and you know the sword is basically ready and you know to finish it off they will thrust it into the body of a li- living human um to to finish it off um and i don't know whether that is just nasty shadow stuff whether it's something about combining you know the the evilness of the blade the taint and that sort of stuff um, with taking away the soul of a person perhaps but you know it makes the blades pretty nasty and obviously the, the blades cannot be finished until this is done so if the blight is not um putting out lots of raids constantly and, and stealing people from the borderlands you're not getting many swords and the murderer obviously having these swords it, is a big part to them and the swords, as I've already said, don't last forever, so you have to keep making them. Uh, it is, it's, it's a rough process. Uh, the final weapon uh, Merdral carries around with it is is not a, a physical weapon, um, but they have fear, the ability to instill fear in anybody they gaze upon. Uh, the Borderlanders say the look of the eyeless is fear, um, so it, it is possible to control the reaction. But you know, if, if it's your first time seeing a uh, Merdral, it's going to yeah, I don't think you're going to be able to control it very well. So, that's kind of like the merger of what they look like, what they wear, their weapons, some of their abilities. How do you kill such a creature? Well, it's not very easy. There's just no way to say that. They're pretty fucking hard to kill. Um, you know, just before you even start throwing in the fact that they'll make you feel shit scared... You know, they've got their speed, they've got their strength. Um, But on top of that, normal wounds will not hurt a merdral. Like, they'll slow it down. I mean, you stab it with two or three um, arrows, it's going to, you know, slow it down, particularly if you're shooting the leg or something. But the merdral keeps going, like, you know, dozens of bolts to a merdral is probably the only way you're going to kill it from a distance. The easiest way to kill one, although it's obviously not easy to achieve, is to just slice the head clean off. Uh, It is recommended to try and overwhelm a merdral before it can get you because, you know, the the speed and the strength and the the way it can keep going is is really going to get to you if you don't take it out pretty damn quick. But even then, the merdral, so let's say you chop the head off, even then the merdral isn't going to die. Um, Even their death throws, they're just going to sit, you know, lay on the floor, depending on what body parts you've cut, chopped off, crushed, whatever you may have used, um... You're gonna sit there and, and sort of like flail around. The body doesn't truly die until the setting of the sun. However, as previously stated, any trollocs linked to the Merdral will die instantly. So it's usually a good way if you're fighting a big battle, you start taking out Merdral, you start taking out extra Trollocs just by a side point. Um, but yeah, they you know you can people can still be killed by a Merdral long after you've chopped off the head um it's almost like a zombie feel to it isn't it uh, i mean zombies typically in movies and tv shows don't move quite so quickly but you do think that uh, it, it, you get a little bit of sort of zombie connotations there of like i'll just keep going a moment even though you've chopped off my arm or my head or something if you do manage to kill a, mer- a murderer you will get a new title if you're in the Borderlands. Um, Whether someone was simply the one to deal the killing blow after it taken many wounds, or you've even met it in just a single combat, you still get this title, and that title is Dread Bane. Um, So the bane of one that is the bane of dread. Um, So the one that causes dread, the look of the eyeless is fear. Fear, dread, obviously, you know, similar meaning, same meaning pretty much. And to be the bane of something is... You know I think that's quite clear as well so dreadbay is a great name there for the borderlanders so thank you very much for that guys and that's kind of like the overall arc of the merdral there um, you know sort of where they've come from what they wear what they can do how they fight and and how you finish one off which if you're having a nice little battle in uh, ranlands westlands wherever you want to uh to take on the shadow spawn it's quite convenient to know how to kill one because there's no point taking it on if you can't finish it off so now you've had the overview it's time to get on to my theory um well i say my theory i've i've i was kind of inspired listening to the black tower podcast guys who if you've not listened to by the way you are missing out unless you're you know not into Unless you like things to be a bit uh, more PG, um, then perhaps they are not the guys for you, but they are hilarious nonetheless, and they have great insights onto things. I do enjoy listening to them. Um, they're just yeah, just very, very fun guys, and uh, just, I, I can't can't big them up enough. They're so much fun. And just fun is the only the best word to describe them. But I was listening to them uh, when they were doing the Shadow Spawn episode, actually. I think they took over two episodes to do all the Shadow Spawn, and they were talking about... The murder, all, and the fact that Agnor did all those tests and couldn't find out where their powers from, and the idea occurred to me that they are a throwback to the human stock, obviously used in the creation of the Trollocs, and um, that they have these powers that you know I've previously talked about, and it occurred to me, well, perhaps the powers and the fact that they're being, you know, the human stock has come back so strong, perhaps those are linked. Now, what could link those things? Well, if you think about how many Trollocs are made and how they, you know, they, they, they just breed and breed and breed and how many times you actually get a merdral. Side note, by the way, Trollocs breeding and having a merdral instead of a Trolloc, I don't know if that's better or worse because if you think about like the Trollocs, mm, I mean, babies aren't born with tusks and, and things of that nature, but you know, like are we, we've got birds in there and we've got beasts in there. Like, some of these animals that have been used lay, you know, just gestate with, with live young, some of them will lay an egg, like, hmm, how, yeah, I don't want to get too much into detail, it's a bit gross, but like, hmm. having a trolloc baby is going to be weird to start with, and then instead of having a trolloc baby that you're kind of expecting, some sort of messed up bird, monster, animal thing you get, very scary, very tall musket, well, obviously not very tall then, but you know, you get a baby boy, Oh, what looks like a baby boy that instantly makes you feel scared it's got to be i mean that's that's different and like how long does it take Virgil to grow like you know are we talking 20 years to become quote a man to use that physicality description um physicality description physical description sorry i don't always england that well um But, um, yeah, interesting side thought. I never, I'd, I'd never really thought about it. I mean, do they go to school? Do they learn how to fight you know, in their, their training yards? I mean, do they grow quickly? And are, we, are we talking some kind of, um, you know, expanding? What, what's the uh, creature? Um, oh, it's a beautiful Jack. There we go. Beautiful Robert Williams movie uh, about a human boy that grew four times faster than typical and uh, obviously when he graduated from uh, high school he was basically, in terms of his physical appearance his, the way his body was, he was basically 80 I mean, do Murdur do that? but even then, like they're not going to be an adult for 10 years so what are we talking, they grow 10 times faster? a year? wow there's got to be something going on there because either that you've got little little baby Murdur running around in a school with uh, Trollocs to look after them but then they're going to be in charge of the Trollocs I feel like this is a deep dive situation going on here. Like, yeah, this is something I think I need to cover another time. So I'm going to pop a pin in that for now, but I feel like I've opened up quite an interesting can of worms in that little thought process. Let me make myself a note. Cover the schooling of Murdral at some point. Hmm, Interesting title for a podcast. But um, so yes, that aside... uh, you know with the numbers bred of Trollocs and the number of Murdral born in that process uh, I thought that sounds kind of like and especially when you throw in their their abilities I was like that's there's something about the power there that just sort of screams at me and so my theory is that uh, the Trollocs breed Trollocs no problems whatsoever but then occasionally you get that soul uh, and we know the metaphysics say that uh, being able to channel the one power comes with your soul, and then which power you channel, I believe, comes with your body. So maybe, or not maybe, let's, I'm, I'm going for it, okay, I'm, I'm committing, that the um, when the Trollocs have a murderer instead of a baby Trolloc, the reason for that is because the soul is one that can channel. But through all the corruption and the taints and the Dark One's influence, it is just, amped up and manipulated and twisted and corrupted and that's why we get the murderal. So murderal are regular souls from regular people who have just had the unfortunate, you know, unfortunate situation of being born into a Murdral's body Um, and those, those people could have, you know, either learned or naturally been able to channel but it has been corrupted by the Dark One's touch. So let's expand on that so now i know uh, when i started doing my research this i actually came across in the wiki that this is suggested that murder are uh, in effect um you know those humans with a soul that you know they could channel um so as i'm going to quote the wiki now here one theory holds that murder are created by whatever allows humans to channel this may also explain why they are needed for turning a channeler to the dark one this theory is supported by the fact that around five percent of all trolloc offspring are murderal Roughly the same ratio as channelers amongst human humans. Sorry. However, they, like all other forms of shadow spawn, cannot channel. So we're just going to expand that a little bit. I like the approximate sort of number of mergeral to channelers as well. Um, because you know, about 5% of the population can channel, you know, learn to channel channel naturally, uh, things of that nature. Although that probably looks a lot higher when you look at the shan chen with the numbers of demandi they have, but I think they find everyone at every level. Um, so you know that, that that number sort of holds up quite well for me there. Um, and the whole—I mean, this didn't occur to me till I read that in the wiki—but being able to turn someone to the shadow—that is quite an interesting connection. I've, you've thirteen is obviously always when people give mystical powers to thirteen. Be that bad luck, good luck. Uh, you know whatever connotations you want to add to it uh, personally for me it's my favorite number I consider it one of my lucky numbers um, but I know a lot of people are, are I feel very different about that sort of thing um, but you know 13 merdral 13 isodai can turn someone to the shallow now obviously it's faster if you're turning a man if you use women and it's faster if you're turning a woman if you use men but it is doable if you use both sexes on the the aesodai doing the turning as opposed to the the channeler being turned I say I said I doing the turning it could just be channelers doing the turning um, it depends how you define an and I said I depending on what age you're using obviously but um, that connection there that they would channel through the merdral, and their connection to you know that the, their soul should be able to channel the one power in 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 a regular human's body but it's been so corrupted and so twisted by the Dark One's touch that that is what is fed through into the channel that they're focusing on. And that then allows that soul to be corrupted in a similar way. Because Meldral are totally obedient to the Dark One. I mean, they would never shatter around questions, Chosen's placed above the Chosen at some places obviously anyone else is pretty much just shit off his shoe um, but murderer in general, you know they don't question things really, they'll question orders like, you know I'll go cross this river, really do I have to type thing I'm like, yes you have to fucking go across that river, you know or I'll just bail fire ass and, and I'll send a different one. Oh, okay fine we'll go, we'll go, we'll go and leave it, you know um, but you know, in terms of Am I evil? Should I do this? Should I not? Is this too evil? Is that? Uh, I feel bad. Maybe I should turn the light. Like, they don't have those, those thoughts. They're just like, I'm evil. I do bad shit. That's me. This is how life works. I enjoy it. You know, deal. Um, so you could channel that essence from the murder into the person and the connection of being both one with the power. Kind of, you know, for me, really says that that is... That just adds strength to the argument there that uh, the the merger are are souls uh, of people that could channel that have been added to the 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 twisted stock of the Trollocs, and and out comes a person type thing but those are fun things i learned when looking through the wiki Um, other thought processes i had personally is when you think about their powers so um, first off they can detect other channelers now i want to get a little specific here they can t- detect female channeling. I don't remember anywhere in the books, and feel free to correct me. You can tweet me, you can message me, you can email me. All those details will be in the description, and I'll mention them at the end as well. But I don't remember anywhere where they talk about being able to detect male channeling. And there's a fair bit of it going on later on, isn't there? You know, it's it's not like um, it's just random. That's it. Like we got the whole Black Tower on the go we've got dreadlords on the go like there are plenty of male channelers and they never seem to notice It's not brought up that they're like oh let's take a left here i detect male channeling type thing but they can detect female channeling so this says to me that it's very similar to the way that women can detect other women obviously, I mean, you can just sense that in another person anyway, but they can detect the channeling, you know, from a distance and that is very much what Mordral can do, like, it's human you know, are you sure no one's, you know, you sure they're not down there? you're sure they're not channeling type of thing but didn't walk in and thought oh, I can sense three channelers nearby who aren't channeling, but when they were channeling oh, I've got an itch and obviously male channelers can detect female channelers when they're channeling oh, I've got goosebumps, you know, now goosebumps, itching, similar sort of feeling for you, well, not similar feeling, but, you know, a feeling through your skin of, you know, I've got to scratch this or goosebumps making your arm feel weird running up there and just like, okay, this is different, this is different. So, you know, you could, it doesn't matter which um, which power they would have been channeling, whether it was SEDAR or, or, or SEDIN, sed, 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 SEDAR, SEDIN, sed, 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 I am not. I usually know how to say that, but I'm not doing it very well. Uh, so I do apologise about that. Um, it doesn't matter which one you were going to be able to channel. Both of them can detect female channelers when channeling. So that, I mean, that really holds up quite well for me there, that, you know, they can detect female channelers with their, you know, I've got an itch type thing. So that was a, a great point that occurred to me. And the other thing I thought about is the whole, the, the travelling through shadows. Now, the ability to travel through shadows um, from one place to another. Now, how far that goes, I don't think it's ever described in the books. Uh, even Vaginor's testing, and he tested, as I say, like, I feel like it was 100, but I'm going to throw in a 1,000 there as well, just in case, because I may be completely wrong. It, it's the Forsaken, you know, numbers mean nothing to them. Let's just waste a 1,000 murder testing this. Possibility and, and trying to figure out why because hang was like well I'm, I made these these bastards by accident I, I I suppose I better know how they do everything um <laughs> well yeah he made worse things as well in my opinion particularly if you're a channeler but you know well we'll stick with murder for the moment so this shadow moving ability let's say it doesn't have a range I mean even if it does have a a, a, a range limit. That that's fine, but just for the next moment, let's say it doesn't really have a range limit. It kind of says to me something very very similar to skimming and travelling. Um, now, fades love the shadows. They love nighttime. That is why there are torchlights going around all the borderlands at night. People can't walk around with hoods up because you know the mergers like to hide in shadows and they can use shadows to, to get around and such. So they're obviously quite familiar with shadows. And let's be honest. A shadow is very different to a place or a point in the world so you can't you can skim if you know less um you know that your surroundings i think you can skim instead and obviously skimming takes a while to get somewhere but it's faster than you know walking or, or, or taking a horse um from point a to point b traveling is faster but it requires that you know your start point very well um which you would think is weird because, well, I'm going somewhere. But, you know, for me, it's about anchoring yourself because you're creating a hole between two points in the pattern. And if you don't anchor yourself well, you create the hole you could get sucked in and disappear. Um, that's just kind of my outlook on that uh, little side note on channeling there, uh, channeling on traveling there. Um, but a shadow, shadow kind of a shadow, isn't it? You know, all right, it's a shadow in a different place, but it's a shadow it's dark in fact typically if you get really good shadows like pitch black which i'm assuming is the ones they use so you know you can just go from one shadow to another because a shadow looks like a shadow and is the same anywhere you find shadows so they're just different in terms of how dark they are so maybe there's a level of darkness you need to have for a shadow to to go traveling between one to another um and it's kind of described that they can just, you know, d- go from one to the next type thing. There's no, like, this is, uh, you are in the queue for shadow number 612. You should arrive in 5 minutes and 15 seconds. No, it's none of that. They just go up one shadow to the next type of thing. Although, they don't use it a lot. They disappear very easily. I mean, when, Rad, is it, is it uh, Bailon? No, 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 it's in Camelin. Slight spoiler here if you've not read far beyond the uh, the first book. Uh, this is what, mm, a little bit into the first book when they're in Camelin. Um You know, it just sort of turns away and disappears into the shadow. But you never really see that used in a fight. Uh, for anyone who's watched, let me think what would work here. I mean, X-Men is a great example. What is the name of the creature that can uh, teleport? I forget his name. Um great powers great great powers but you know any creature you've seen in in fantasy or or television or anything like that where they can teleport from one point to another you'd think in a battle murder could use like that ability to disappear and reappear everywhere i feel like that would be quite cool i mean that that seems like a trick that was missed by jordan and sanderson But it would make them pretty fucking hard to kill, I feel. So maybe it wasn't that much of a trick that was missed. (laughs) Maybe it was deliberate that it was missed. However, you know, the jumping from one spot to another, it just, as I say, it just smacks of travelling, of skimming, however you want to look at it. I think that it allows them to go from one place to another using nothing but a shadow. But all shadows are the same. So like travelling, you need to know your spots. You, you already know a shadow, because the darker the better, but it's a shadow at the end of the day. So, I think that one that's one of the ones that really sort of screamed out to me of like, hey, this is not the power that's being used, but a corrupted, tainted, dark one, twisted kind of version of the power. Um, so, yeah, we have their ability to detect channeling, which takes like female channeling specifically, which matches regular channelers, both male and female. Um, how you can turn someone to the Dark One by feeding the power through Merdral, and then that taint being taken onto the channeler in in question that's being focused upon, and sort of infusing them with the evilness um, and the um, desire to serve the Dark One that Merdral have. We have their ability to jump through shadows and you know, at will, and just sort of disappear and reappear. Something that even Agnor couldn't uh, determine or decide how it was done, and that they don't know how to do themselves. And uh, a little extra note I would add on to there, like, there, there to me is, um, that's sort of an indicator that just because they don't know how to do it, like, channelers learn to do things in stick- I mean, that's how you get wilders. One in four survive, though of those who can, will channel whether they want to or not type thing. One in four survive the process. Uh, Sadly, the other three die, usually quite horrible deaths. But they do what they do instinctually. Now they give themselves block, typically speaking as well, um, and they can't channel um, willingly or at will, uh, to be more, more apt in the description there, until they've broken their block. But they do things instinctually um and you know most present in the case of naive, where she's healing people that she really wants to heal but she needs to be very angry to do it so the power can be used instinctually you don't need to know you're using it um let alone how you're using it so the fact the merger don't know how they just like pop into a shadow and disappear or why they can detect channeling you know um and, and and things of that nature like well doesn't seem to to matter because regular channels might not know that either when they uh, they learn the channel because they might be doing it subconsciously so yeah i, f- I feel like you know this is not one that's like wild detail that's got to go on um but i feel i like have talked about all the points that really stick out for me i suppose the only last point that we've covered um that i didn't refresh at the end there is the amount of uh merger you get in terms of percentage of trollocs um, which is approximately 5%, which generally speaking seems to be an equivalent number of channelers from the regular population of people. So, I, I in closing, I feel it's quite safe to say that Merrill are the souls of, of regular channelers that have been unlucky enough or if you're either one and you love the Dark One, I suppose, you know, if you're a friend of the Dark, then perhaps you're not unlucky enough. Um, I don't think anyone... <laughs> when I come back, I want to be a murderer. Like, most people be like, when I come back, I want to be a, a, a well-looked-after house cat or a dog or something, you know, uh, if I'm not going to be human. But perhaps there's dark friends out there, be like, Do you know what, I'd, I think it'd be really cool to be a murderer, you know, why not, let's go for it. Um, if I had to be a merger, I think I'd rather be like, give me Shadow Haran. It seems to have a bit more autonomy going on. Um, but yeah, the, the number of channelers, there are um, all the th- things they can detect, the way they can move around, and just, and even really, if you think about how they're naturally strong and can move fast, uh, I mean, I know those powers aren't specifically mentioned when people talk about channeling, but this is twisted and corrupted so i don't see this i I don't see it totally out of the realms of possibility that you know they naturally just kind of use the power or their version their their twisted access to like they can't actually channel i need to be very clear on that they can't actually channel but their body is imbued with the one power clearly um in, in my opinion anyway so perhaps that can enhance their body now obviously there's an argument that you know they get strength and um, agility from the animals involved but you know both both valid arguments there so yeah um not a wild i don't feel like i've made too many points there of, of of contention i feel like i've covered that quite clearly for me i don't know why this isn't pretty much considered the fact I'm sure there's people out there be like well yeah, murderer are, are people who could channel that have been taken by the Dark One and corrupted. Um, so, but this was an accident by Agnor. So I don't feel like this was an intentional thing. I believe that um, this was just a you know Agnor created creatures for general foot soldiers, and then you know a channeler's connection came along. It was like well we just throw in an extra extra big juicy dollop of jeans into that mix there and uh poof, out we get a regular uh looking it's about to say regular looking person then they are anything but regular looking people but we get more of a person looking person thing and uh yeah uh, twisted abilities heightened abilities to go with that as well so yeah i just uh I think I'm going to have to leave that there. Not a not a wildly detailed one here today, as I say. I don't feel I've. Uh, it's kind of spoiler free as well. I've mentioned a few things here or there, a couple of names, but nothing too crazy. I'm quite impressed myself, and all me throw out loads of spoilers. Um, so yeah. Anyway, I hope you have uh, enjoyed listening to this episode of of Maokia Talks, where I have discussed the origins of the Merdral. I will do another... Ooh ooh, 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 side note, side note, side note. Something that's just occurred to me. If we're thinking that murderal are, you know, souls of regular people who could channel that have been unlucky to have been born into a murderal body, then that means the Trollocs could potentially be just normal men and women who have been unlucky enough to be born in the Trolloc body. Ugh, that's not fun. Yeah. Um, But hey-ho. So, we've covered the whole Merdral origin story. At some point, I will talk about... Or what what could you call them? Dark high schools for Merdral? I don't know. Trading camps of the dark one? (laughs) Um, I mean, we know that Trollocs don't really fight with any finesse. But uh, Merdral seem to have a lot more skill and finesse. And they're quite cunning and clever. So they they will... um, yeah, it's you are you aren't born intelligent, but you aren't born with, like... Unless you're Matt Coffin and you've, you know, been given, uh, uh, you know, some, some assistance in the memory department, and we'll leave that there. Um, you aren't really just going to be like, oh, I know how to run a battlefield. Oh, I know I know battlefield tactics. Oh, I know how to kill people. Like, those things aren't, like, just... You aren't just born with those things, even if you are a murderer. So, yeah, I will come back and discuss... Teenage Mutual, I suppose. I don't know. My God, babysitting job from hell, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Well, I say, I hope you've enjoyed my episode this week. It has just been me. Um, currently staged at... Uh, for those of you who have enjoyed the guest episodes or have missed my solo episodes, this is how the current platform's going. So Null, we've we've kind of... Null and I had a discussion. For those of you who don't know, Null is my first-time reader. And uh, we are going to do the try and record the first week of every month uh and null will just sort of read at that level unless we feel that he has um done something you know read through things where he's like oh my god i need to speak about it now certain battles come to mind for those um then maybe we'll do bonus episodes just little quick ones but generally i'm thinking that null will we've, we've agreed to pop on once a month um, first week of them up that should be easy enough to schedule between us uh, because this is not a read through podcast uh this or a reread podcast however you want to phrase them this is a theory podcast um whereas i just wanted to to get a new reader into the series and and of course we talk about his experience of reading it for the first time but majority of what I'm looking to get out of there is his predictions as a first-time reader specifically. Um, so that's one week of the month, which some weeks will be, f- well, typically will be four. There'll be four Fridays a month, but occasionally there's five, obviously. Um, the other segment that I've got kind of planned out for the moment involves a uh, previous guest, Alex. I don't know if you've heard our Rojosh theories uh, about where Eagle Eye, uh, who he's based on, and then people get bound to the horn and if anyone was, uh, had done enough besides... Um, Jane Fastrider, uh, or Noel, to be bound to the horn. Um, that was a great episode. If you've not listened to that one, please go check it out. Also, please check out Alex on a Hero's Journey podcast. Anyway, great, great podcast. Um, not all Wheel of Time-based, but great books nonetheless. But uh, him and I are working on a segment for redrafting the uh, Wheel of Time, starting with The Eye of the World, redrafting it without Egwene. Uh, And if you need to know the reasons why, we'll outline them in the episode when we get to the recording. But um, it's all sort of inspired by the podcast that Twodcast put together a couple months ago now, which was a lot, a lot of fun. So I kind of have two fixed segments, I suppose you could say. Uh, My first time, reader theories with null and redrafting the Wheel of Time with Alex from Hero's Journey. Um, I do have guests lined up, obviously, as previously stated, I am recording later today with the wonderful, solitary puppet voices of the Way of the Leaf podcast. Uh, Ryan and Dan are joining me later for that. So that's your episode for next week. Week lots of spoilers, uh, lots of spoilers, lots of teasers I can put out from that, I'm sure. Um, And I have a few other people joining me at various stages. Um, So I feel like there might be like one episode a month, maybe two episodes a month, where you've got me doing solo episodes, and then a couple episodes, maybe three a month, where I've got guests, which I think is a nice balance to have achieved. Um, But yeah, that's kind of what's coming up. I hope you are well wherever you are. The weather is a bit wacky at the moment. It's been torrential rain here and then it's sunny today, so who knows? Um, it can all just change around. Bit of fun for everybody there, I suppose. But uh, yeah, if you've enjoyed, please um, let me know what you think. You can follow me on Twitter at Malkiri R, uh, where I do my daily Tam jokes as well as all just my thoughts. I'm currently doing a listen on the blackout podcast podcast. I'm up to episode 50-something, I believe, so I'm, um, I'm less than a year behind them currently, which is good. I listen to sort of three, four, five episodes a week and they only put out one, so I do, I'm catching them up slowly. I feel I'll like have a couple of months and I'll have done that. Um, but you'll see my thoughts on there as well as obviously my interaction with the fandom in general. Uh, so feel free to give me a tweet there and let me know what you think. Um, if you want to, if you're more of an Instagram person, you can see me on Instagram as well. Just search Malcare Talks. You'll be able to find me there also. If you want to send me a message, you can via the hosting site, which is Anchor. So whatever you're listening to this on, you can just go to anchor.com, I believe. Uh, or, you, know, you can just Google Anchor uh, podcast hosting site and it will pop up and you'll be able to find me. You can send me a message via that site or you could email me, MalcareTalks at gmail.com. Uh, and let me know what you think if you don't want to do it on a public forum. Also, I do have um, a a Discord server for those of you who are in the Discord uh, community. I set this up, it was released earlier this week. Uh, As I say, nice little fun server there with, with spaces for everybody, whether you're a first time reader, a regular reader, Um, or your uh, content creator there's sections for everybody including theory discussion show discussion as uh, discussions specifically with null about his uh, experiences as he reads through all sorts of things like that and um yeah so if you need to if you feel like you'd like to join into that a link will be in the description for the podcast episode that you're listening to so please please link, um, hop onto that link and come and join us. It's a lot of fun. Um, if you've not enjoyed Discord, uh, I'm only new to it myself, uh, about sort of four or five months, and it's hilarious. It's amazing, and it's so great fun. So much fun to be able to connect with everyone else in the fandom, uh, and you can do things like voice chats and listen to people as they do their podcasts, uh, if you're their patrons, or if, like me, you've not got to that stage yet and you're just putting it out there for everybody to listen to anyway. But that's me. I've rambled on for an hour, near enough. Um, So I hope wherever you are, you're you're happy, you're healthy, you're enjoying yourself. And I will see you next time. Thank you so much.